What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball? Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello, and welcome to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Cranjus Basketball. And Tim, today we are here to try and put some of these pieces together, man. Uh, fill out a rotation and take some questions from the fans. Uh, so... Congrats to you. Kudos again. You've created another really awesome interactive rotation map that tracks how many rim protectors are on the court, how many point of attack defenders with LeBron and AD, how many of those guys, and then it compiles kind of the most common used lineups at the end. Really, really cool stuff, man. So just want to say thank you for for giving me this the thing to play with around with last night. Hey, yeah, of course. It's I, I like to see the game in this way, and I love experimenting. And there's, it's like a logic puzzle. I love logic puzzles where it's like, you know, figure out which of these five people go to which of these five houses. But Tom can only live in the red house, and Tim has to live next to Tom, and all that. But it's, but it's like basketball. So it's one of my favorite things. There's so many components to it, and like you said, I added in little checks and balances that tell you, hey, there are zero rim protectors on the court. Or both LeBron and AD are sitting maybe right now. Um, or like you have no point of attack defenders. And then I also have uh, what guys played last season for their minutes per game. So you can get a sense for which players might be seeing more of an adjustment with their minutes this upcoming season. And this is something that we had shared with the Discord group at first. Now I just just recently today on December the 4th, which is actually three days before those Christmas games. Uh, damn, everything's moving so quickly. But anyway... This is out to the public now. Go to my Twitter. You can find it. You can play around with it. You can use it on your podcast and your articles and your discussions, all that stuff. But we are here today on the Twitch sharing screens so we can show you visually what's going on. But then we'll also walk you through what the methodology and some of the concepts were behind it. So, you know, through the audio means you're still getting a sense for what's going on and you're able to see what we're seeing. Yeah, we'll try to keep it a little more broad as well instead of going just like, oh, you, you know, this stretch of the game, you have this lineup. We'll try and kind of go macro a little bit first, I think. And Tim, walk me through you. So you have Montrez Harrell, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, KCP, and Dennis Schroeder starting. How did you get to that? And is that something that you think the Lakers will, will do? Yeah, good question. It's a mix of offense and defense and pairing guys together and news that we've heard. We knew, we know Schroeder, uh, in a German magazine stated that he had discussions with the Lakers. He expects to start and then recently was interviewed and basically shared the same sort of thing. I, my understanding of that situation is probably his agent spoke with the Lakers, said, Hey, we'll come to you. 
we're fine with this trade, but we want Dennis to start. And Rob probably said, sure, that's fine. We'll do that. So he may not be the starter by the end of the season, but I sure think that he's going to get his fair share of opportunities to start. So I'm going to have him starting. I want him as my point of attack defender. I want KCP in there starting. I think he's a good floor spacer. He's a great guy to have with that starting unit. Add some good chaser off-ball defense. And then, of course, you have LeBron and AD. And then I'm starting Montrez Harrell because I'm starting Dennis Schroeder. And I want to get that good pick-and-roll combination going later in the game. And and there's plenty of opportunity. But later on, I have a lot of Wesley Matthews and Marcus Saul minutes together because I think they'll be a really good pairing of the passing and the cutting between the two of them. Uh, I end up with having AD and LeBron with 33 minutes, Schroeder with 30, uh, Caruso and KCP with 24, Wesley Matthews with 24. Um, what do I have here? Montrose Harrell with 27. Marcus Saul, he's going to go down from his 26 minutes per game last season to 15 in, in this rotation. Same with Markeith, he's at 15. And same with Kyle Kuzma, he's at 15. And I think what I've learned through this experience is someone's going to get squeezed. There, there's going to be somebody in this that just isn't going to get to play the minutes they normally do. Um, you have about a 50 minute deficit between last season's player minutes per game and what we're actually able to do this year. So no matter how you chalk it up, somebody's going to get cut. And for me, it ended up being Kuz, I think is the big one. And then Gasol, we're going to make his minutes go down a bit to try to really match where he is at his stage in his career. Um, he's getting a two stint rotation essentially. And I mean, we're paying him like three mil a year. So 15 minutes per game for that isn't the same as like Gasol three years ago, who was getting paid a lot more money. Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Um, I guess just to kind of mention this, I've seen some people on online kind of go after Schroeder for saying this and I don't take it as negatively. Some people, um, some people kind of take that as a guy calling his shot, controlling, you know, what he's doing and, and that can be a negative, but I, I don't know. This is, to what LeBron said on the uh road trip and podcast where he's, this guy's a dog, Dennis the menace. You want this guy to have some competitive kind of juice to want to start to me. And uh it, it could be bad. I, I just won't automatically say that it's going to be bad, but um going back to the rotation, I, I think this is really smart because it maximizes the Schroeder Harrell matchup uh where combination so I, I agree with that. I found less of that in my, there's so many things to consider, right? Um, different, mm-hmm. you know, lineups, like you want to try and find minutes for, uh, guys that complement each other and then find a reasonable rotation that fits around it. And I tried to fit mine as well around the, the LeBron comes out at the first half of the first, you know, uh, excuse me, the second half of the first quarter and, so on and so forth. So I really good job on this. I, we have, we're too deep. Like that's kind of what we got to. Even if we've add some of these guys, like we want like Napier or Deadman, like they're still just break glass in case of emergency guys. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think it's realistic to see Harold start. I just personally let toward Gasol, but. Okay. And if you do that, that's fine. And I would support that. I think that is a realistic thing we might see the Lakers pursue. I like starting. So if you're going to do that, do you still keep KCP? Are you starting Schroeder? What does your starting five look like, Tom? 
So yeah, my starting five differed a little bit, um, where I started Truder, Matthews, LeBron, AD, and Mark Gasol. And to Penny H6's point in the chat, I, I do see Vogel replacing Green with Matthews and McGee with Gasol. And using Harrell off the bench, uh, where he's proven to be a successful commodity in the NBA. And that was where it was difficult for me to find minutes with Schroeder and Harrell. I did find some. Um, but yeah, maybe you could, I could pull up the, my lineup on the, um, on the screen share real quick, Tim. And I'll, I'll try sure. and mention my thought process behind some stuff. Yeah. So I started with Schroeder, Matthews, LeBron. I have LeBron coming out and then there's a AD at the five with Harrell. What kind of tried to pair them when possible. I also put some Markeith and Harrell minutes together, which gave me some lineups that I ended up liking with LeBron at the point. Like I can see for a lot of the year and in the bubble, they tried running this small lineup at the beginning of the second quarter. And I wonder like small stretch the floor. I wonder if they could do that with Harrell still. Um, being kind of that effectively the center in that lineup, but Markeith has some size and it's not great rim protection, but I do like the upside and I slotted LeBron in at some point guard minutes. As you can see, my minutes are pretty much similar to yours. I had Schroeder at 27, uh, Caruso at 24, KCP at 24. Wes Matthews at 24, LeBron at 33, Kuzma at slightly more at 18, and Markeith at 15, although I do have him in the closing lineup. AD at 33, Trez at 24, which is a bit of a dip, and Gasol at 18. I can see Gasol effectively starting the game, starting the second halves, and maybe coming in at the beginning of the fourth quarter to give LeBron and AD a rest. Um this is like a competitive game, like 10 man rotation And they're going to be completely different lineups. Let's just set up when LeBron and AD or anyone sits. So this is just kind of off to the side and we'll, we'll come back to those later, but yep. yeah, my, my closing five is AD, Markeith, uh, LeBron, Matthews and Caruso. Oh, that was the same as mine. That That's the same uh, closing group. I have them going for the final six minutes of the game. And I yep. like that lineup less defensively in terms of chasing shooters around screens. But we also know that towards the end of the game, teams tend to ISO a little bit more and run more ball screens. And for that reason, having like Wesley Matthews in there playing shooting guard is probably fine. No, no big deal there. Another thing through this that I realized I had to make a decision on was how are we playing Montrez Harrell? In the playoffs, if we want AD at center and Harrell at power forward, which I think is the optimal use of both of them, it may look a little bit different. For the one I did, this was a regular season. I'm going to start AD and, and play AD as a power forward up until the end of the game where he's playing with Markeith. But uh, with Harrell and, and Gasol, for both of them, they only played center minutes in my iteration of what this looks like. And that could differ depending on if we do sign another big, uh, if we do sign another big, I don't really see how well that really fits from a minute standpoint. So it's, it's honestly, it's going to be squeezed. I have a 10 man rotation because we have 10 guys that like should yep. be demanding minutes. And even yep. then we have guys getting cut a little bit. Uh, I didn't want to have to like knock Caruso down to like 15 or KCP down to 15 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so in, in, so the situation this year with Kuzma is going to be interesting because like we talked about last time, he's likely going to be in a role that better suits him. He should, if he's, if he's willing to accept that and take those easier shots, he should have opportunities. 
to perform, perform well, and be putting up pretty good numbers, pretty good efficiency compared to what he's done in the past based on the new additions and how that might result in his role changing a little bit, him having to do less as a self-creator off the bench. Now, contrast that with today where we're both like, hey, man, Kuzma's going to struggle to get minutes, in at least in these competitive, everybody's playing situations. Now, I also set up a couple rotations where we say, what if AD sits? Or what if LeBron sits? Or what if they both sit? And in all three of those scenarios, one of the biggest beneficiary, beneficiaries from my perspective would be Kyle Kuzma. He ends up going from 15 to 20 or almost 30 minutes, or actually at 30 minutes if both of those guys sit. So in those scenarios, and I think this is a way to keep him engaged because that'll be another struggle this year. The, the Lakers have a lot of talent. We should be winning another title based on what this team looks like and how the offseason changed a bunch of different teams, but we're not there. You're obviously not there. There's a lot of work to do. And one of the things that gets you there along that journey is keeping your players engaged and ready. And if Kuz is going down in minutes from about 25 per game to 15 per game, you need him still bought in. He can't be checking out. And so how I would be doing that is letting him know, hey, once every four or five games, you're going to go play 30 minutes. Or if you play really well in your 15, you're probably going to get some more minutes. And I, I think there will be enough flexibility with Vogel leaning into like whoever's hot, we're going to ride at the end of the game. Um, I, it's not I oh, think, yeah. the optimal long-term approach just in a vacuum, but for this team with how competitive it might be and how many guys should or can play, you can make so many closing lineups out of this team. And to be yes. honest, once we get to the playoffs, my analysis will be very much series by series in terms of who should be playing when because yep. you can just move these chess pieces around based on what the defense has for the other team and then based on what the offense has for the other team. Um, there, there's very much a bunch of chess pieces instead of checkers pieces in that certain guys can do certain things, but other, but also can't do other things. Uh, so recognizing that will be really important and we'll get there when we get there. I'll keep this tool around and we can pull it back out towards, towards the end of the year. Uh, but that, that's really what it's looking like. And THT and McKinney, McKinney, sorry, are the other two guys that, uh, in Dudley were the other guys that I just couldn't find minutes for. But in those mm-hmm. other scenarios where guys are resting, I think that's when they'll get their run. So instead of THT playing three or four or five minutes on somewhat of a consistent basis, he might go from like zero to 15. Uh, and, and he just needs to be ready for those 15. And knowing that he's going to get a full opportunity, I think may be fine for his development and growth. He will stay engaged, he'll stay ready. And then when he gets in the game, he knows he has a longer leash and he'll be playing real minutes rather than, all right, you're going to get two minutes or three minutes and like, oh, I screwed up. You're taken out. Um, I, th- I feel like that's a more frustrating way to have to live your life in a rotation. So going from nothing to pretty solid, a pretty solid chunk of minutes, I think is, uh, what we might end up seeing with, with him, maybe with McKinney if he plays, with Dudley if he plays. Uh, that, that's how I see that playing out. I think that's spot on. I was definitely going to bring up kind of Kuzma's role and, you know, with LeBron James tweeting yesterday that he thinks Kyle Kuzma is going to be making a leap. Uh, he's in a contract year, right? He wants an extension. Whether he wants to stay, I'm not sure, but nonetheless, he's going to want to be put in a position to succeed and hopefully get a contract somewhere if it's with the Lakers or not. And the Lakers are going to give that to him and. You know, that could mean him starting, you know, 
20% of games this season and really mopping up. And we could get Kyle Kuzma games where he just steps in for LeBron and they use THD to fill, you know, a little bit of the cracks. It's also a question for me whether or not guys like KCP, who's a little bit of a veteran too, is going to get a little decrease in minutes because he played a lot in the playoffs um, just about six weeks ago. So, and the other thing is it's, I almost feel like I want to do one of these for every team in the league. Like depending on who's playing, you know, Trez could be seeing more minutes because there's not really a big guy that scares you. Or Gasol would see zero minutes because, you know, there's not really a big guy he can guard without being left on an island. So yeah, that's, it's, it's a fun tool. Um, excited to share it with you guys. The one thing I want to point out on yours, Tim, that is a little unconventional is that you have Dennis Schroeder starting, okay, starting the first half and then Alex Caruso starting. Is that like just appeasing Dennis Schroeder through the merest of technicalities or what's your, what's your <laughs> thought process there? So my general thought process is that starting doesn't matter. I don't care who starts. It literally, like it's, I don't give, any more of a, a crap about who's starting in minute one as opposed to the other 47 minutes. And I care more about who's closing than starting. That said, I, I you still want to run good lineups out. You want to get off to a good start in games. Schroeder's going to play starter minutes. He's going to play 30 in my rotation. And I have him playing the first nine out of 12 minutes in the first quarter and the second quarter. Uh, he's going to get a break at the end of the second quarter. He's going to sit the first half of the third quarter, and then I have him going from midway through the third quarter to midway through the fourth quarter. And that takes him from, you know, heavy minutes in the beginning, lots of involvement. Overall, he's getting plenty of playing time to kind of being slightly ramped down. And this let me put uh, Alex Caruso in to close the game at the end of the fourth quarter. And then I have him in at the second half of the first quarter and then from the second half of the second quarter to the first half of the third quarter. So it's a little bit funky. The way I set it up was so that uh, Caruso's minutes kind of ramp up as you go and Schroeder's minutes ramp down a tiny bit. They both play, I think, what I want them playing. And I fit in some Alex Caruso shooting guard minutes along with Schroeder at the same time at a couple points in the game so that we can slot Wesley Matthews in as a wing stopper when LeBron is sitting rather than having Matthews playing all of his time at shooting guard because I think defensively him at small forward makes some sense and that's just the way it ended up working out for me. Um, the other thing you want to look at is like stints. You don't want to have a guy mm-hmm. who he might play 20. You can play 20 minutes in a ton of different ways, but you don't want it to be like three minutes here, three minutes there, three minutes there. For me, yeah. every single player is playing between two stints. And what I mean by a, a stint is you check into the game, you know, you play for eight minutes, you leave. That's one stint. That's the same as if you check into a game, you play two minutes and you leave. That's also one stint. Everybody on this roster, everybody in this rotation plan that plays will have between two and I think the most I have for anyone is four stints. And, you know, guys like Gasol, he has two. Markeith has two. Kuzma has two. And then guys like LeBron and AD, they have four. And everybody else on this roster has three. So it was really about finding the best overlaps, trying to get the best combos in, making sure that guys aren't playing for way too long to the point that they'd be really tired. So there's a lot to consider. I would recommend people, if they're listening on the pod, go check this document out because I'll have these tabs still saved where you can see it. Um, and then the last thing you want to look at is, all right, so what do the lineups end up being that we're going to pull out right. there? And 
one thing I want to point out is, so I have two lineups that are going to play nine minutes each game. Schroeder, KCP, AD, Trez, and then either LeBron or Kyle Kuzma. Each of those combinations is getting nine minutes together. And if you think about it, there's a lot of continuity there for four of those five guys. Um, and this is another thing where even though Kuz is only having 15 minutes in my rotation plan, nine of those 15 minutes are with that same group. So he should be able to get in a pretty good rhythm and game by game, instead of Kuzma playing two minutes with this group, two minutes with that group, he can really find a solid role, understand what his job is and fit in that, that lineup that has pick and roll creation with Schroeder. It has AD as a guy that can be a scorer. You've got a good dump off guy, a good lob guy, good uh roll man with Trez, and then KCP to space the four, maybe run off the screen. So I think Kuzma fits really well as a glue guy in that sort of lineup. He can be like a motion shooter. Doesn't need to do too much because there's there's Schroeder and there's AD in there. So I, I like how he slots into there. If we're really thinking about how we're going to make the most out of his 15 minutes, I think that's one of the ways. Put him out there with who I have as the starters. Um, so that's another thing to think about when you think about how many of LeBron and AD are on the court at all times with the way I set it up. There were zero minutes where neither of them are playing. There are 18 minutes where both of them play, including the start of the game, the very end of the game, and half of the second quarter. And then there are the other 30 minutes where at least one, where one of them is on the court, but not the other. So you're somewhat covered at all points in time. And then I also try to have an emphasis on keeping rim protection on the court because that's something I think the Lakers will want to emphasize. And I have either two or one rim protectors on the court at all times. And then either one or both of Schroeder and Caruso out there as point of attack defenders at all times. So those were some of the things I focused on. And the way I got to what I got to and my third and fourth most frequently used lineups have Caruso, Matthews, LeBron, Markeith Morris, and then either Gasol or AD as the five man. So in another way, so my first and second lineups for the five guys are the same. My third and fourth lineups for the five guys are the same. So I think this in a way will help build that chemistry really quickly because there's just so much continuity. Okay, I'm going to ask you quickly just a couple questions. So, so, so be quick. Answer quickly. So, okay. are you at all concerned with the wing defense in that nine-minute group of Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, AD, Trez? That that would basically put LeBron or KCP on a uh, Kawhi or Paul George, you know. Or yeah, I know AD can guard one of those guys too if you want, but I just wonder. That's why I slotted Matthews into the starting lineup is just to sure some of that up on the front end, and then you can bring in a Kuzma or a guy later to to fill in those gaps. But as far as KCP, I think he's he can guard twos and basically nothing above. Yeah, and that was actually a role that last season he had to do more of than I would have preferred. He ended up KCP ended up being a wing stopper on the season. Yeah, that's a good question. That's something that. I should have taken a deeper look at. Um, there's, there's, you want to have a balance because it's, do we have enough wing stopper kind of guys, which might be Matthews, LeBron, or Kuz, or do we have more of those chasers out there, which is more Caruso and KCP, or do we have our point of attack guys, which is Schroeder and, and Caruso? Right. So at different points in time in the rotation, you're stronger in different areas. Sometimes when you have, uh, Schroeder, KCP, LeBron out there, which is how I was starting, LeBron's going to have to be that wing stopper. If you have, Schroeder, Caruso, and Matthews, Matthews is the wing stopper. If you have Caruso, Matthews, LeBron, and Kuzma, you've got a lot of thicker, bigger guys that can, you, you have multiple wing stoppers. 
uh, you don't really have a chaser out there. So it's, it can vary. Um, it, it's a give and take sort of thing. I didn't calculate how, what percentage of my minutes I have as prepared sure. against different lineups, but I, I think it would, in the playoffs, it'll be opponent focused for the regular season. It, it's one of those things where I'm just like, all right, I'd rather have a consistent game plan and we're more vulnerable to certain things at certain points of time. And we're probably going to be fine than have to have a really herky jerky rotation at all times based on who we're playing. Okay, cool. And then the other thing I wanted to point out is that you have Caruso starting the second half, and you also have Markeith Morris starting the second half in place of Anthony Davis. I do. Uh, that's because I have AD playing the first nine minutes of the first quarter, the last nine minutes of the second quarter, uh, the last half of the fourth quarter, and the second half of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter. So I, I, if you want him playing more than 33 minutes, I I'm fine with him starting the second half. I didn't want to have too much of a point in time where uh, he's not playing. And, and really what it came down to was if I start the second half with AD and LeBron, I may end up with minutes at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter where neither of them are playing. So just to keep guys within their minutes limits, that's, what it ended up looking like for me. And for Markeith, I have him playing the, the final nine minutes of the fourth quarter, but then I had to find probably a couple more minutes for him. So I, I just put that at the beginning of the third. So you can play, uh, you don't have AD out there, but you have Markeith and Marcus Saul to really space the floor. Uh, and you've got uh, plenty of space for LeBron to be really the, the lead, the lead dog in that offensive attack and really try to drive and penetrate. All right. Fair enough. I just wanted to clear that up. Um, I, I think Tim would be, uh, great fodder for the blog boys to, to write about all the wily rotations he has as a coach with, you know, benching his star at the beginning of every second half. Uh, <laughs> I could just see the spin right now, but uh, I'm going to tell you over the screen really quick and jump into okay. my lineup. And so just so we can get to some of these mailbag questions and give them a good little chunk, but I'm sure this is not the last time we will talk rotation. Um, but kind of mirroring what you see here with Gasol and McGee, right? I like that he could actually come in and finish the last three minutes of the second quarter if you wanted him to, to bring back that starting lineup and, you know, for those last three minutes. Um, and then so Gasol would come in. Um, at the beginning of the games, like I mentioned, beginning of the second half. And then he'd play a little in the top of the fourth quarter as an extra ball mover, uh, with LeBron, KCP, uh, oh wait, I think I have two point guards instead of, a, so LeBron would be small forward there then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, Harrell, Gasol. You still have some spacing. That's what Gasol can give you. It's a little bit of a slower footed lineup, but I think those guys can, pick and roll to death and switch off between LeBron and Schroeder. I, the reason I like Matthews a little bit more to close the game is because you don't take that pressure off LeBron, uh, you know, make him the star of his role and being that defensive wing stopper. And I do have some fourth quarter minutes for Kyle Kuzma because I think they're going to try and put him in positions to, you know, be on the stage again. The Lakers will put him in a position to have the opportunity to make himself some money and he might not play a lot, but I do think he'll get a good run in the second half, especially to see most of his minutes coming here in, in the second half. And yeah, to your point, if you're going to play a guy, you basically have to play him six minute stretch is kind of like the standard, right? Stint. Mm -hmm. So 
And pretty much the most you can play him in a row is 12 minutes where I have Anthony Davis playing the first, uh, first quarter in its entirety, which is pretty much what he did last season. You know, he would, uh, JaVale would come out for like coups at some point and AD would move up to the five. I think the same kind of thing would happen with, with Trez. You know, Trez comes in for Gasol, you know, you, whichever you call power forward or center, you know, that's up to you, but you bring Kuzma in as well with KCP and give Shooter a little bit longer of a run and have Caruso have like a big chunk in the middle of the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. Um, so uh, lots of ways I, the big jump for me here is this is what I'm not so certain of Tim. Is Caruso going to get like a significant shift in minutes up to this, this number here? Cause last year he played 18, I believe. Mm-hmm. So about 24, I think I have him at 24 as well. I, I think it just needs to work out that way based on who we have available. Unless you're giving a ton of time to shooter or a ton of time to KCP or right. you're, you're including THT or McKinney at some point. So I, yeah, I, I think that's going to be one of the outcomes is just based on the lineups, based on the, the roster, Cruz is going to play more. I, I do see you have Harrow playing 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got slightly less than what I have him at, which was 27. Um, but just from a minute standpoint, it looks like we're fairly similar. Kate, uh, yeah. Kuz got a little bit more for you than, than with me. One thing I really like about how you have your setup is Schroeder and Harrow get a ton of time on the court together. With mine, they get, actually, no, for mine, they get no. a good bit of time as well. Mine doesn't have a lot of Schroeder Harrow. That's kind of, oh, I think, that's where I, I was don't... looking at my screen instead of your screen. Never that's mind. Right. See, that's so one I... thing I don't like about yours, Tom. Yes. You need more shooter yes. Harold time. That's fair. That's fair. And so looking at the lineups on this right side here, you have obviously a lot of the starting lineup playing together, which I don't mind. I, I, I like that lineup quite a bit, especially if there's a big, uh, on the other team, but you know, Kuz, Trez, AD, KCP, AC. I try to find as much AC Braun minutes as I could too. Uh, in these smaller ones, mm-hmm. uh, I, I agree. I looking at it now, it's like, yeah, I would like some more Schroeder and Harrell, but then it's, uh, it's just messing with the rotation in a way. I don't know. Yep. I don't and, know. And they start the I fourth at to... least. Yeah. Uh, so I, you, you have much more minutes, many more minutes for your starting group than, than I do with mine. So I think that could be something that's interesting. If that group is killing it, get as much time with them on the court as you can. Uh, what that will mean is you probably have more time for like units that are more full of bench players than other, than you otherwise would. Like in mine, I have a lot of starters on the court at most times. Yours having the starters play so much together probably means that you have a higher percentage of lineups that are more full of bench guys, but that can work too. It's, it's a give and take. Another part of the give and take is you have a number of lineups that have neither Matthews or LeBron on the court, which would mean yeah, you have you have a couple lineups where I guess I guess Kuz is your wing star. Yeah, that that should work. I think both of these work. I think these are two very acceptable, possible, probable solutions for what we might see the Lakers play. Yeah, I think you mm-hmm. just want to keep certain guys out of certain roles. You want to make yeah. sure you don't have the wrong point of attack defenders. You want to make sure KCP, uh, like someone in the chat is saying, doesn't really need to play small forward all that much. Um, so there are a couple small pitfalls you want to avoid, but for the most part, it's. There are more than one, there's more than one answer to, to the same question. Yeah. But in, in some of these lineups, like he's listed as a small forward, but obviously I have LeBron at the point in the second corner lineup. Okay. So, you know, LeBron's the, 
has the point like responsibilities because if Schroeder wants to start, you know, Caruso, that's not so much his job and it, it would be helpful to have a LeBron around him, but we know how good they are together. So LeBron's the offensive point guard, but KCP is the defensive two guard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is there something you particularly like about the Harrell KCP combo? Because I see that neither of those two guys would play a second more or a second less on the court without the other. Or was that just coincidence? Uh, I have a small stretch here where KCP is without Harrell, but I think that's coincidence where they're just bench guys. I, I feel like KCP finally signed a multi-year contract and isn't, you know, chasing getting a decent number from across the league, which never actually panned out. You know, the this whole time, you know, he came off the bench for us while he's still chasing those contracts. So I, I just think Matthews fits in a little bit better defensively next to LeBron, at least as far as taking stuff off LeBron's plate. But you know, KCP is still going to be a major contributor and playing big stints off the bench. And sometimes with, you know, starters like AD and LeBron as well. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, so a similarity between both of ours is that our closing groups, I believe are the same. We have Caruso. Yeah. We have Wes Matthews, LeBron, AD and Markeith Morris. Why are you keeping Dennis Schroeder off the floor? He's someone just that starts for you, but just not finish for you. And I, I can give an answer to that as well. Sure. I mean, I don't know this is going to be true, but in nut crunch and time, it's a little bit more important to have that defensive versatility of an Alex Caruso. Um, and it's just TBD as far as how Schroeder will look in the scheme of the defense and whether or not he'll be the, the weak point in that lineup to that teams can go after. And in the West, that point position is brutal, man. I love you, Dennis Schroeder. You're an awesome, awesome player who maybe cannot guard Damian Lillard and that's not your fault. Yeah. It's, it's the type of thing where he on it, like by himself, maybe a good defender. But based on the lineups that he's in, he might just be the weakest point. Maybe not a weak right. weak point, but the right. weakest point enough that he's getting targeted more, which will shape the way we think about him and, and make him, in our eyes, seem potentially worse than he is. And I'm not saying that will be the case, but just in general, that's something that when teams are being more targeted offensively and we see the same guy gone after or successfully gone after time after time, it really shapes that that focus that you have on how good or bad guys are defensively so another thing just to keep an eye out with in general and like we said this can differ based on who you're playing or once we get to the playoffs it'll certainly be a little bit different but i I will say that both of us i think have 10 man rotations and the lakers same 10 guys yeah the same 10 guys uh if there were to be an 11th man who do you think breaks into that for you is it dudley is it tht is it mckinney or if let's just say we sign a backup point guard like a Napier, McLaughlin, one of those guys. Who among those groups would be the the final guy? I mean, it depends because if you have LeBron sitting entire games, then then I start to get into like like three dudes on this team can dribble, and Mike Montrez Harrell's one of them. Um, so it's a similar issue as to last season where when Rondo got injured and uh, that second unit without LeBron just really didn't have any kind of initiator. I. I still think they want THT to be that and they wouldn't bring in a guy like Napier despite me, you know, us liking the fit and what he brings to the table. I can't see them bringing him in 
and giving him minutes over THT. I think they really like THT and, you know, they're going to not have him under contract next year. So, uh, at least at this point and you got to see what you have. Maybe you can, that's another bullet in the chamber to trade or, you know, extend now that Lakers, uh, Future is kind of locked up. We haven't even mentioned Tim that AD signed that five year max. That was, that was quite tasty. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll transfer the screen share to you and give you some kind of last parting thoughts on, on rotations and, and, uh, we'll try and get to some of these mailbags. Sure. Okay. And actually, I think a good way to ease into the mailbag would be, we can just, I'm going to pull it up right now. We have a whole big long list. A lot of the questions were about lineups and the rotation and several of them were, for example, what does the lineup look like if AD sits? So I put one together for that. Didn't really change anything for anybody until you get down to this bottom portion of the screen where we have Kuzma's going to play more. Dudley's going to play a stint. Markeith is going to play a bit more. Uh, Harrell is going to play about the same, but Marcus is another guy that moves up in minutes. And with AD sitting, uh, or another way you can look at this is like, if the team's looking to fill that final roster spot, if they were to bring a center on board from that initial rotation that I showed, there just isn't really time for that player to play unless guys are significantly just getting way less minutes than they did last season. And Gasol's already there in what I had. But when AD sits, that would be potentially how that might work out. And then on the opposite end of things, Signing a point guard with that final spot can make sense, not really in that normal rotation, but if LeBron were to sit, like you mentioned, we don't have too many ball handlers on the court. And you're, I think maybe the Lakers are as well, a little bit higher on THT than I am with this team and his fit here. Uh, but, but that's just how that calculus might end up playing out. So here, this is the 80 sits lineup and Marquise ends up going up from like 15 to 21 minutes. Kuz goes up to 21 minutes as well. Marcus Saul plays substantially more. He gets 27 minutes. If we go to the LeBron is sitting lineup, a lot of guys are the same, but what we see is Wes, uh, no, what happens? Kuzma ends up with 27 minutes. So this is his big time to shine. Jared Dudley again is going to get six. Uh, and then I think for the most part, most other guys are about the same. Oh, and then THT is going to get 15 minutes. So, when LeBron sits, I see Kuzma and THT being the main beneficiaries. When AD sits, I see Marcus Saul and Kyle Kuzma being the main beneficiaries. And in both situations, I'm going to go ahead and put in six minutes for Jared Dudley. He's going to get one stint somewhere. Now, if both of them sit, then it gets a little, little interesting. Gasol is going to get his more time. Marquise going to get even more time than he otherwise would because along with THT playing more, in, in both of my other situations where it was AD sits or LeBron sits, Kuzma got more time. But when they're both sitting, I mean, I'm not going to play Kuzma 48 minutes, so I need to pawn off some of his minutes to someone else. And in this situation, it's going to be Markeith Morris is going to get a little bit more and THC is going to get a little bit more. So those are the three key guys. Uh, I, I, I think THT, Kuz, Gasol, and Markeith are going to be the four guys that when somebody's sitting, they are going to be the dudes that we need to be locked in throughout the season and ready to go. And that can be important for this team because we want Markeith and we want Marcus Saul ready to go for the playoffs for different situations, different lineups. And if you can get them conditioned throughout the year to stay engaged, even when consistent long minutes aren't there, I think that bodes better for having them sit a whole series in the playoffs and it not impacting their play moving forward. And then with Kyle Kuzma, you want to get, if he's getting 15 minutes per game normally with that normal everybody plays lineup, you want them to be quality minutes. You want him engaged and those minutes are lower than he's had in the past. So this is how you get him 
get his overall minutes per game on the season up a little bit. He's, he's going to go up to like 30 minutes when these guys sit. So that's what it looks like for me. Another question we got in the mailbag was what could a micro ball lineup look like? And this might be thinking more playoffs. So I only have eight guys playing here. I have Schroeder playing 30 minutes, Caruso, KCP playing 30, Wes Matthews playing 30. Uh, and then LeBron's going to play 36 a little bit more than normal. AD's going to play 36 a little bit more than normal. We're assuming playoffs in this situation. And then Kuzma's going to get 18, Marquise's going to get 30, and Harrell and Gasol both sit. And the question that was sent in around this was, how would it look? That's how it would look. Um, those eight guys. <laughs> uh, and what are the problems? I think the problem here is you just don't have a lot of dudes. I, I don't know if you're not yeah. going to play Harrell and Gasol, you're really strapped for options unless THT's breaking into this, what would be a playoff rotation. So if Harrell can play power forward in this group, that matters a lot. If Cal Kuzma can really up his game, that's going to matter a lot because Cal Kuzma in the playoffs is going to play more because Marcus Saul might be not playing for a series. Harrell's minutes might be limited. Kuzma is going to be one of the main beneficiaries. So keeping him not just on the roster, but ready to go, engaged and playing well is going to be really important for me. And I want to see as much of AD and LeBron propping up and supporting Kuz. And I want to see Kuz in the right positions to succeed because even in a lot of these minutes, he's not going to need to be the like go-to guy, perhaps, unless both LeBron and AD are sitting. But I want him playing at a high level because long-term he's going to be important. And I don't think that's something I realized uh, until I went through this exercise and really thought about how does this rotation look if we're to sit Gasol or Harrell or both of them. So that's a nice visual look at uh, a couple of the other possible scenarios. Tom, what were some of the other mailbag questions that we got? So I got one here from Johnny uh, from Discord. Can you guys talk about the idea of trying to kill teams off to keep minutes down? For example, play hard for 20 minutes so you don't have to play 35 minutes. And discuss if you think playing with less effort or less minutes is a better way of load managing this season. Um, I mean, yeah, in, in, in theory, it's great if you can play really hard for 25 minutes and know exactly how to put your foot on a team's throat. That's awesome, but you have to figure each other out first. So that's kind of the end point that you'd like to get to maybe toward the playoffs. Again, teams aren't just going to sit down. Uh, maybe you can overwhelm them with your size that, and your just athleticism and your, your talent, which we saw the Lakers do. They could get complacent though. And you know, your bench unit lets them back into it or even some of your starters just kind of play like they have the lead, you know, so it's, it's a great thing in theory, but it's not something that you can control with any consistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know <laughs> just from like running, I, I know that like, if you're to <laughs> run just a 30 minute run versus like a, a 30 minute period of time where like some of it's like going really hard and then the rest of it's like resting that interval training, the, the, up and down that roller coaster ends up burning like more calories. So I don't know if that applies to, to basketball, like one for one. Um, ideally you do get to rest guys as much as you can, but I'm sure like the degree to which they're exerting effort can, I don't know. There's, there's a trade off there that I, with my background and not prepared to confidently say one is far better than the other, but in general, you would love to just playing normally for 25 minutes below a team out of the water, run your best lineups and, and really get a team, uh, into trouble so that you can play those 
those bench guys a little bit more towards the end of the game and rest your starters. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that we'll see something like this until perhaps later into the year. I think at the beginning of the year, just because this team is new with so many key pieces, we're less likely to see something like that. But hey, if they can get into a position a month or two into the season that they're able to do that, you should seriously look at whether or not it's if it's worth that effort. And if you do try to go really hard and it doesn't work, then you just end up playing really hard for the full game, uh, which I don't know if it's fully sustainable or the the best way to keep guys healthy for the playoffs. So great question. Something for us to monitor as we go along. And we kind of talked, uh, next questions from Andre Lloyd, uh, predictions for the starting lineup, uh, and close out important games lineup. To your point just a second ago, like the Lakers are going to test out and workshop so many different things, but I do expect part of what got Markeith Boris back was he was a significant contributor to an NBA championship team in closing lineups. And you have to imagine the Lakers told him you would get a chance to do that again. So I, I think we both slotted Keith in, and as far as like the highest upside closing out games against any team, you know, in throughout the league. So what I, I, my lineup was Schroeder, what Matthews, LeBron, AD, Gasol, uh, as far as starters though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we differed on starters. I think you can see. I think Schroeder's probably going to start. LeBron and AD are going to start. Either Harrell or Gasol will start, and then either KCP or Matthews will start. Right. Um, if you're not starting Schroeder, I guess in theory you could see KCP, Matthews, LeBron, AD, Harrell, but I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that's how the team will end up running things, and that makes it trickier to piece together the ensuing lineup groups in a way that's coherent and doesn't have guys playing like really choppy minutes here and there. Uh, as far as closing, something that I've looked at and something we have on a, a Tableau di- visualization on the B-Ball Index site is you can see the percentage of minutes guys played on one axis and then the percentage of clutch time minutes guys played on another axis. Oh, I can probably pull that up right now. Um, and why that's really interesting is you can see which guys end up playing more minutes uh, in crunch time than they end up playing just like in general. So Markeith is a good example of a guy who is going to probably end up playing a higher proportion of minutes in crunch time relative to what he plays just normally. He may not play the most crunch time minutes, but just the difference between the, the all like his total minutes and the crunch time minutes will be probably pretty interesting. Um, I think I have it in this tab. Another guy that I think we'll see a lot more in crunch time than normal would be Alex Caruso. For that defense, because playing off ball, uh, will be something that the Lakers will probably have, want more from their guards as we get later into games and as LeBron is handling the ball a little bit more. And let's see what it looked like this past season. So again, we have this, uh, X axis is team minute share and you can see like LeBron and AD are really far up there. KCP played a lot of minutes. Danny Green played a lot of minutes. And then the other axis is clutch minutes percent or clutch percent played. AD and LeBron, they're playing a lot and they're playing in clutch time. KCP plays a lot, plays in clutch time a lot. Um, if you were to draw a line here, what you'll see is that JaVale McGee, he played a lot, but he didn't play a lot in clutch time. He played only about 10% of those minutes. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma, he played a lot, but he probably should have played around 50% of the clutch time minutes when in reality he was more in that like 30% range. So he was someone that the Lakers trusted a bit less. 
And then Kyle Kuzma was a guy that's probably, if you were to draw this line above that line, he was playing more than, than he otherwise would. And I think Markeith will see rise on a full season sample after what we saw him do in the playoffs. So that's how I see that playing out. I think that's a really good question, but as we've mentioned before, there are a lot of possible lineup combinations for the end of games based on just experimenting and then also who you're playing. So I am fully prepared to see the Lakers do a bunch of different things at the end of games. So along those lines, um, what do you think is our best offensive and defensive lineup for this group? This is from JC. And I guess I will start with uh, the defense where I think defensively, the AD, and I think this is why we have this lineup, Tim. The AD, Markeith, LeBron, Matthews, Caruso lineup might be our most versatile defensive lineup that can guard the point of attack with multiple guys, has size and rim protection, and well, good thing too on offensive spacing the floor, foot speed all around. I, I really like what that lineup I think could do. Yeah, it's. The, the answer to best defensive lineup is it depends, but you just right, talked about right. the lineup that we both closed with that if you're looking for versatility, if you're going to need to be switching, that is the group you want. Um, there could be other ways where it's like, all right, if we're defending the Warriors, what is right. the best defensive lineup? If I need to have right. guys out there that are able to run around screens, maybe I want KCP in that group instead of Wes Matthews. Yeah. Um, I think there are iterations where AD and Gasol could potentially make sense depending on who you're playing, but yeah. for a lot of other teams, it can make no sense at all. Yeah. Um, so it's really a, it depends sort of thing, maybe against a, a team with multiple scoring wings, maybe like the Celtics, you want to have that, uh, let's say Caruso, Matthews, LeBron, Kuzma, AD kind of group, because you want Kuzma out there being de- able to play the marquee role of a little bit more switchy, but maybe more of a, uh, capable perimeter wing stopper sort of guy, as opposed to Markeith being more of the interior version of that versatile you know, he can still kind of body guys in the post just a tiny bit uh, enough that he's, he's able to do that. So there are different ways to answer that question. Offensively, what are you thinking? Offensively, that's where it gets tricky for me because there's a lot of different combinations, including, you know, the top two, uh, six men of the year candidates. Uh, but ultimately with some of these guys like Trez, it's hard to fit him in the top tier lineup offensively and not like shoot yourself in the foot from a spacing standpoint. Um, just to me, I still think the Gasol lineups, despite him being more limited of a player, might have a higher offensive output. So I still like that Schroeder, maybe KCP, LeBron, AD, Gasol lineup. But I could be talked into Harold as well or, or Morris in that, in that spot too. Yeah. I'm going to go micro for a second. We're going to go a little bit smaller. I'm thinking Schroeder, KCP, Wes Matthews, LeBron, AD would be a lot okay. of fun offensively, able to really space the floor and open up driving lanes. And you have transition. Guys too. In Schro- you have transition. You're going to be able to play fast. You're going to yeah. space the floor for AD or LeBron posting up in isolation. You have space for them to isolate from the perimeter. You have space for LeBron or Schroeder to drive. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of fun like stuff that. you can do that with that lineup, even with set plays. And when I say this, I'm realizing that I have zero minutes for that combo together. Uh, that I know, five man. I, I group. mean, still, I, I, I don't think it's impossible that those guys are going to, yeah, it, depending on the matchups, get, get minutes together. Yep. 
yeah, I may want to run out another version of this, uh, may, may redo my lineup so that group gets maybe six minutes a game together. It's just at some point okay. in the game, we're going to say like we're going to focus on offense. We're going to, yeah. you know, what happens on defense happens, but we're going to see if this group can be a juggernaut because you'd want to know that answer early in the season and, and f- figure that out before right. you get to the playoffs. I really like that answer. That's a interesting lineup. Anything with like those three kind of guards in, in KCP, Schroeder, Caruso, Matthews, like pick three from there around LeBron and AD, it gets interesting to me, depending on whether you want a little bit more offense or defense, you can kind of swing both ways. But let's keep yep. the question train rolling here. Uh Justin Tam asks, how do you envision a staggering LeBron and AD's minutes in the regular season? And do you see implications of playoff seating? Um, you know, I kind of mentioned before free agency, I thought this could be a season where the Lakers were like the three seed. And then they went out and just almost had a near perfect off season. So even with LeBron and AD staggering their minutes, I can still see this team getting the number one seed. Uh, but I, as I laid out before the Lakers, I expect to repeat the last season of LeBron plays the first six minutes, sits the next six. He starts the second quarter, probably comes out for a bit and then finishes the second quarter. And then kind of mirror that for the second half. And then AD plays the whole first the whole third plays the end of the second and the end of the fourth. I I don't really expect too much different, but I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, I have mine a little bit different. I think they both place four stints and we overlap those at the beginning of the game, the end of the game and kind of in the middle. And then in between just kind of connecting those, you know, you're the strongest at this point in time lineups, you end up with just one of them playing at a time. I don't think that's an issue. I would rather have one of them on the court at all times and no minutes of neither of them than have neither of them on the court more often and both of them together at times, which I think is what the Clippers did more often. It was, we're going to mm-hmm. let our bench unit just go to work without some of our starters. Uh, and then we're going to get more time for those top guys together. I don't necessarily think that's the best approach based on how the roster is compiled, but that's another very possible could work approach where you focus on getting 80 and LeBron together and then you get Trez and Schroeder together to try to really carry the entirety of the weight uh in those lineups without either guy. So I think you can go different ways. I'm going to guess they try to stagger them and at least have one on court at all times. Yeah, at least in games that they're both active. Um, we have, we've got a ton of questions this time, so we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but, um, hopefully soon we will reopen up the mailbag maybe, uh, next week to go through the rest of these because these are all great questions and we want to play some more with this rotation. Uh, Ed, uh, why don't you pick a question, Tim, to kind of wrap us up here soon? Okay. Why don't we answer a question from, uh, fan of the show, Laker Film Room. He asks, how well do you think Schroeder can defend deeper into the playoffs? Which I think is a very good question. It is something that is going to be important because if you remove a lot of his minutes because of that, you, uh, you, you end up with a problem. <laughs> I think he's going yeah. to need to defend later in the playoffs. And my case for if he can or can't would be that he's been a good ball screen defender pretty consistently. He's been, decent on ball he's he's certainly vulnerable to bigger scoring uh players he hasn't been the type of guy that has been targeted in iso a lot and we can pull up our leaderboards tool here at uh player profile or uh in our player profiles document at b-ball index 
plug in uh, how often guys are hunted in perimeter isolations, and I just have the Lakers, Thunder, and Bucks and Clippers pulled up. Schroeder, he was targeted in ISO about average for his position. Um, guys that were more often targeted in isolation were Matros Harrell or Kyle Kuzma um, or even Alex uh, Dwight Howard, Mar- Marcus Morris, which isn't ours, so that doesn't matter. Uh, some of these guys were targeted a little bit more in isolation uh, after switches than than you would prefer. Now, we see a guy like Alex Caruso up here as well, and I think AD is fairly high. LeBron's fairly high. That's just because the Lakers switch more often than not. Um, but when you see a guy like Harrell on a team that isn't wanting to switch pop up, that's concerning. Um, Schroeder being where he is at a C grade is that, that makes me feel a little bit better. And I think he can hold his own enough in one-on-one situations that he will certainly be playable and a net positive. And we've also seen in the playoffs what teams can do when the offense gets a good matchup and tries to isolate. Basically, just look at how teams defended the Lakers this past playoffs and apply some of those same principles in terms of being able to, you know, stunt at the player from the wings if they're isolating from the top or zone up weak side and send extra help. There there are things you can do to counter that and still win and still be fine defensively. And the Lakers have enough guys that can scramble around and make it work. Um, so I am not too concerned about Schroeder. I think once we see... This team plays some games. We'll constantly reassess and reevaluate and give an update if, if that's needed. Um, but at least at this point in time, I think Schroeder can defend in the regular season. I think he can defend in the playoffs. I think he can defend deep in the playoffs. And I think you need him to just based on how much depth there is available for the guards with the Lakers. If you take Schroeder out, you're looking at KCP Caruso and Matthews and that's it. And I would prefer not to have to reallocate 30 of Schroeder's minutes to those other guys and, and try to make that work. So he'll need to, he's not going to be, you know, obviously he's not like an elite defender, but I think he'll, he's good at what he's good at. And there are ways to cover up for what he's not as good at in, in very clear tactical ways that we saw in the, in the past playoffs that other teams deployed against the Lakers. I think Schroeder's got enough tools for Vogel to triage what he can't do. Uh, you know, with the players around him, at least. And he, like we saw, we watched some film last time of him, at least doing good back pressure, you know, trying to be a menace on the ball. And hopefully if the team's on the same page and he can control some of those screen coverages in the way that he feels comfortable with. And he knows I got Anthony Davis on the back line. I got Marcus Gasol on the back line, you know, it's, it should help him at least. And, you know, he, he might get, Targeted and, and, you know, isolation and some of these guards like Murray and, and Lillard and, and Mitchell, you know, might find their way onto him at some point and it could be a problem. But I'm confident that Vogel will have the tools in the tool bag to work with what he can as, do as a player and how the scheme can make him and cover up his weaknesses, which he, he's proven he's quite good at. Uh, I'm, I'm quite impressed by Vogel's kind of defensive, uh, acumen on that end where just kind of, he sees something he doesn't like and he doesn't, he finds a way to get that out of the game and off the table for, you know, the team to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and while we're pretty versatile with our bigs and able to just, kind of bench a guy and be fine from a minute standpoint. I think just from just rotationally, it, it's tough to take Schroeder completely off the court. So you can try to do the thing where you stagger him against somebody. So when Dame's in, he's not in. But as a point guard, he's going to often be defending the point of attack and we need to be able to rely on him in that position. Thankfully, it's a role he's done in the past and he's done well. 
against the elite of the elite, he's not an elite point of attack defender, but he's good enough that it, it should be fine. And I wouldn't change my rotation around it. I think you mix in those tactical things. If you take him out, Caruso's your only point of attack defender. And I'd rather have Schroeder out there defending Dame than KCP or Wes Matthews or THT or McKinney or LeBron or Kyle Kuzma. I, he's got to be that guy. Maybe he's not your top option, but he's going to be your number two option. And there's a big drop off from him to the other guys in terms of point of attack defense. So he, it just, it has to work. And I think he's good enough that it will work. I think so. Um, I think he brings enough on offense and he's gotten better. Uh, most of the years he's been in the league. I, I used to be, and I'll put this flat out there, not a fan of Dennis Schroeder and the decisions he, uh, he was a, a Jordan Clarkson-esque player to me in his time at, at his end of his time in Atlanta. And he's developed beyond that. And it's, it's good to see. We are, uh, going to come back next Monday or this coming Monday, I should say, and hopefully answer the rest of these questions because we got a lot of them. And then Tim, after that point, we're like, you know, what, like uh, two weeks away, uh, from basketball. We're going to get the Clippers on, uh, on opening night on, on the 22nd. Yeah. It's exciting. I can't wait. Uh, can't wait to see the Clippers have to watch us get our rings. So it's going to be a great time. I- excited for all of that with all of you. We are exploring options to maybe do some pregame streams or some postgame streams or during the game, potentially be an alternate, uh, play by play call for you and doing some analysis. So. We're workshopping some things. Let us know if you have any suggestions or ideas, but we're, we're excited to uh, certainly up the content this season and, and really enjoy this experience with all of you. And uh, I'll plug yes. our Discord one more time. If you're not familiar, we have a group. Essentially, it's like a big group chat that has different channels. So you can go talk about the draft or talk about the rotation or talk about the league in general or whatever it happens to be, free agency. And it's just kind of with that exclusive Fans of our pod group, there are, I think, 70, 75 of us in there right now, have great discussions. We prioritize the questions from that group for these Q&A sessions. That group is going to get access to stuff that the general public doesn't, or at least earlier than the general public does. Um, so come chop it up with us. Where you can like send stuff at 1 in the morning or 4 p.m., and you'll probably get an answer from me or Tom, whereas maybe on Twitter, uh, you, you might not. So definitely check that out. Uh, the way you can get in there is by DMing us a five-star review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, and I've had a couple of people ask me about this, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you should be able to still get into iTunes and through iTunes leave a review if you were a Spotify listener from Google Podcasts or Stitcher or one of those other platforms. Yeah, no, well said. Yeah, this is an awesome rotation tool and the Discord peeps got a, a quick uh, preview to, to check it out before everybody else. So go check out our Discord. Follow us on Twitch, uh, where we've streamed all of our pods for the last week or so. And you can go on your YouTube, right? To, to find these videos, uh, later. That is correct. Yeah. I've been taking the streams, putting them on YouTube. Uh, just search Cranjus McBasketball, or uh, I think I have a link from my Twitter. I may not. Uh, you should be able to find each of these streams in addition to looking on, on Twitch itself. So through either of those vehicles, you can find the streams. And obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably listen to the podcast. Or if you don't listen to the podcast, go check the podcast out. Because yeah. not all of our pod episodes will also be streams. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, until next time, we'll talk to you all later. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.